The Bible reading this morning is taken from Deuteronomy, chapter 11, verses 8 to 24. Observe, therefore, all the commands I am giving you today, so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, and so that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is the land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on the land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your corn new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will shut the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce, and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord is giving you. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. If you carefully observe all these commands I am giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations larger and stronger than you. Every place where you set your foot will be yours. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the river Euphrates to the Mediterranean Sea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Grace. I want you to imagine for a moment a world with no rules, with no standards for moral behavior, a world where everyone is living according to their own moral codes. Would there be more justice? Would life become easier to live knowing that no one is imposing their rules against you? Would life feel freer? A world with no standards for moral behavior will definitely become one engulfed in chaos. That's simply because we're human. Humans 
are in their nature thirsty for more. More territory, and that's evident by the wars and conquests. More knowledge, evident by our advancement in technology and knowledge of the universe. And more intimacy, evident by the ever-growing world population. Now, if you were here last week, you'll know that we've started a sermon series on Bible genre. If you weren't here, can I really encourage you to listen to Rachel's opening sermon online? She spoke exceedingly well to introduce this whole subject, so I really commend that talk to you. And if you were in any doubt whatsoever about how much I love my colleague, I planned the rota, gave Rachel the wonderful opening talk, and today, the Bible genre I'm speaking about is the law. So, don't yawn, don't go to sleep. Instead, would you pray with me, please? Lord, thank you for your word that is living and active. Thank you that it speaks to us. And Lord, I pray that you would give us, give us open hearts and open minds to hear what you are saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the word law, although used in various ways in Scripture, mostly refers to the laws given to Moses by God when the nation of Israel was formed at Sinai. You can read about these in the book of Exodus, chapters 19 and 20. Law is also the title for the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy known collectively as the Torah, although parts of these books are actually narrative. Now clearly in one talk, I can't possibly do this subject justice. Today is really a synopsis. So in order to understand why God instituted so many laws, and especially the, the Levitical law, in all its, well, let's be honest, tedious sometimes detail, we need to put it in the larger context of the whole Bible. Going back to the beginning, we find Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the world's first human residents who God created in his own image and after his own likeness to enjoy a relationship with them. And there was only one rule, one law set for these first two people, not to eat from the fruit, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But instead of obeying God, they wanted to be like God, knowing everything. So they damaged the relationship with God. Fellowship with God was replaced by rules. And the more humans came along, the more rules were needed. Cain killed his brother. So now there had to be a rule about murder and the consequences for doing it. God longed to enter a relationship with someone who would choose to know and love and trust him. And that man was Abraham. And God's relationship to him and his offspring fills most of the book of Genesis. Now let's speed ahead some 400 years. The descendants of Abraham have grown into a nation of well over a million people. 
but unfortunately, they're not a free nation. They're living as slaves in Egypt. So God established a personal relationship with another man. His name was Moses. And Moses led these people out of slavery and told them that God wanted to make them his own nation. And on Mount Sinai, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments as well as a number of other detailed laws about things like altars, slaves, restitution, the Sabbath and feasts, and about life in the community. And God also repeats the promise that he had promised to Abraham to bring his people into the promised land. And our Bible passage today opened with these words. Observe, therefore, all the commands I'm giving you today, so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, and so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. In the book of Exodus, we read that it's only after the people promise to obey the law that Moses then writes that down. And then Moses and the people ratify that covenant that God has made with them by building an altar and making sacrifices. Ancient covenants were ratified by cutting animals in half and having both parties walk between the halves of these animals. And after sacrificing the animals, Moses then reads the book of the covenant, the commands of God that he's written down. And the people promise to keep their part of the covenant by being obedient to the commands. And then Moses ratifies the covenant on their behalf by putting blood on the people. This covenant makes us think of the Passover meal that Jesus ate with his disciples in which he told them that the wine was a symbol of a new covenant that would be instituted not by the blood of sacrificed animals, but rather by his own blood, which he would shed on the cross. Now the promised land that the people are about to enter is full of ungodly pagans who serve other gods. Verse 16 from our passage. Be careful or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. God gives his people clear guidelines and commands because he wants his people to be a positive influence on the culture around them rather than be influenced negatively by that culture. There is no doubt that these laws were for the good of the people. The fact that the law is given in connection with God's covenant leads me to conclude that one of the purposes of the law was to guide God's people to lead a unique life that would set them apart from the culture around them. And that's just as true for us today as it was for the people of Israel thousands of years ago. And perhaps this is the key to how we handle the Old Testament laws in Peterborough in the year 2020. 
keep in mind that God wants us to live a unique life that sets us apart from the surrounding culture, then the question won't be, why should I follow these Old Testament commandments? But rather, how can I use these commandments as a tool to help me live a unique life in which I'm set apart from the world around me? Or as Jesus put it, how can these commandments help me be in the world, but not of the world? So in developing this mindset, it's really helpful to identify three categories of the law. Firstly, there was the moral law. This is the part of the law that deals with moral behavior. This part of summed up in the Ten Commandments, and it's applicable to all people. Then there's the civil law. Now this part of the law was only intended to apply to Israel as they live as a people in the land that God was giving to them. So it was for a particular people at a particular time in history. And then there's the ceremonial law. This is the part of the law that applied to Israel's worship. It includes the sacrificial system. Now these distinctions can be somewhat helpful to us in determining how to apply the Old Testament to our lives as long as we recognize the limitations to this approach. Not all the law fits neatly into one of these three categories and there is often some overlap. But keeping this structure in mind will help us as we develop some practical principles in understanding how the Old Testament law applies to a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, if there's an Old Testament law that is restated in the New Testament, then it is still binding and valid. Jesus affirmed every single one of the Ten Commandments at some point in his, in his ministry. Now, if there's an Old Testament law that is set aside in the New Testament, it's no longer binding. Now, this principle is best demonstrated by the Jerusalem Council that we read about in the book of Acts, chapter 15. Some in the church were teaching that a person couldn't become a disciple of Jesus unless they first obeyed the command to be circumcised. And at the leading of Peter, Barnabas, Paul and James all of them circumcised Jews, the decision that was reached is not necessary to follow the biblical command to be circumcised. However, the council didn't completely dismiss the need to follow other Old Testament laws that dealt with idols and sexual immorality. Most of the ceremonial law fits into this category. And that makes sense since Jesus completely fulfilled the aspect of the law through his sacrificial death on the cross. So God gave the Old Testament law to his people for their own good because he loves them. For instance, the dietary laws were intended to prevent them from becoming sick from foodborne illnesses. Many of the social laws were designed to protect people's dignity, especially women, the poor, slaves, widows, 
and others who were often in positions where they were unable to protect themselves. The ceremonial laws were given as a way for the people to deal with their sin before God. So if we look at these laws, we need to determine the underlying principle that gives rise to that command. And once we've identified the principles behind the specific law, we can then go to the New Testament and see if those same principles are given to us there. Since the entire Bible is consistent from cover to cover, we're going to find that in almost every case, even if the specific Old Testament law isn't addressed in the New Testament, the underlying principles behind the law will be confirmed in some way there. Reading the 613 laws that Moses was given at Sinai can be tough because most of them were written for time and culture very different from ours. The Bible contains many timeless truths that are same for whatever the culture or situation. And it also contains laws and regulations that are specific for a certain setting and generation. One law prohibited people from wearing clothes of mixed fibers. I wouldn't be allowed to wear what I'm wearing today if I followed that law. When Jesus said that he had come, he had not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it in Matthew 5, his hearers would have understood him to mean that he came to interpret and apply it correctly. Hence, he's reminded to the people of Israel that it wasn't enough to be pleased that you hadn't murdered anyone if you'd become angry enough to want to commit murder. Jesus' life in the Gospels demonstrated what God was looking for the law to achieve. In the Old Testament, the way was a shorthand description of the law. Jesus said he is the way and the truth and the life. So as the people who had sought to keep the law for generations, this was really a lot to get their heads and their hearts around. Now when asked what the, was the greatest law, Jesus said that all the laws hang on two commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Who can possibly claim even to have come close to keeping the first great commandment? Have you, from your earliest memory, always loved God completely with all your heart, soul, and mind every day, all day long? This would mean that you've always obeyed him. It would mean that he's always been the center of your waking thoughts. His will has been at the center of every decision that you have made. His glory has been your supreme desire and aim in whatever you think, say, or do. You begin every day by worshiping him. You love his word more than food and meditate on it day and night. 
who can really say, you've just described me? And we don't fare any better on the second commandment, to love our neighbor just as much as we, in fact, love ourselves. Did you always gladly share your toys as a toddler? In school, did you always put the needs of others above your own? Have you always given generously and sacrificially to help the needy? Have you always put your partner's needs ahead of your own? Have you always treated your children with love and kindness, even when they were disobedient? Do you treat other people with kindness and love all the time? At work, did you rejoice when your co-worker got the promotion that you thought you deserved? Again, who in his right mind can say, you've just described me? The law shows us that no matter how hard we try, no matter how many wonderful rules we can list that we have obeyed, we can never make it on our own. Without connection to God, trusting in him, our situation is utterly hopeless because at our best, we all fall far short of God's perfect standard. But praise God that Jesus satisfied the requirements of the law completely. So we now live under a new covenant. If we have asked Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, we are new creations, accepted in Christ. We come to the law as those who have confidence in the one who kept the law, and he kept it on our behalf. From that position of knowing that we are loved and we are accepted by Jesus, we need to continue to ask to be filled by the Holy Spirit so that we, in his strength and his strength alone, can live the kind of lives that reflect the new lives that we have in Jesus, to help us to be positive influences in our families, in our communities, at work, and in the society as a whole. And to seek God continually, to keep on seeking him, to love him and love our neighbors with his love. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank and praise you for your word that is living and active. We thank and praise you that your love for us is so great that you give us guidelines to live by because you know what is best for us. We thank and praise you that you, Jesus, fulfilled all the requirements of the law for our sake so that we can be clothed in your righteousness. Lord, I ask that you would fill us each afresh this morning with your Holy Spirit and help us to love you more and to love others more so that people may recognize you living in us and that your kingdom may grow more here on earth and that your will may be done. In your precious name we pray. Amen.